Welcome back to the Be Free Show, where you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm Lueda Roshke, and we're having a good time in the Word. We are learning our identity. We are learning we don't have to live in a smoky haze. We don't have to walk around in confusion and depression and under our circumstances. We don't have to be the victim because Jesus Christ is the victor, and he turned around and gave us the keys to the kingdom, and we don't have to be blind, crippled, lying they're waiting for the moving of the waters like they did uh, in John chapter 5 because uh, Jesus is our healer. I want to go back over uh, John chapter 5 verse 4 right now. The Bible says that they were lying there waiting. All those folks were lying there just like a hospital ward waiting. Uh, it says, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Uh, in the King James, it says, troubled the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So, interesting. We talked last week when it says, I said, who troubled the waters? It was the angel. Where did the angel come from? The Lord from heaven. So, if you look at that a moment, who stirred up the trouble? The Lord. The Lord. <laughs> The word trouble means to stir or agitate by movement of its parts to and fro. Sometimes we feel like we're in a rocking ship or a little tiny boat out on the ocean and there's a, a huge storm. We feel like we're rocking back and forth. But let me tell you this. Sometimes the Lord stirs things up to get you to move, mm -hmm. to move you and shift you into a new place, to get you up out of that pit and move you forward to help you to progress in what he's called and, asked and, and uh, designed and destined for you to do. So... Sometimes, let me say that again, the Lord stirs things up. The Lord is troubling your waters to get you to move. He troubles your water for your healing, for your deliverance, for your refinement, for things to surface that must be dealt with. As long as it's stuffed down in there, as long as just they're eating away at you and, and just kind of festering, uh, whatever it is, that thing will continue to bear fruit. If you don't uh, change the root, you're going to still bear that fruit. So you sometimes have to have that uh, brought to the surface to remove and you have to ask yourself this question what comes out of you when trouble comes what is your reaction job said though god slay me yet i will trust him god will not allow more than you can bear he said i will not allow more than you can bear but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it so Trouble, you may be dealing with some trouble right now. What is God wanting to do in you in the midst of that? I'm, you know, the enemy definitely does come against us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But, and, but de the Lord also causes things in our lives to come to pass, to surface, to, to trouble those waters so that we can be healed. But don't, sometimes we're, we're blaming on the devil what God may be doing. You know, we need to discern and say, okay, God, what do I need to learn from this? Who do I need to find out that you are to me in this? Who am I in the midst of this? Who do you want me to be? How do you want me to respond? But don't allow what is meant to build you for tomorrow break you today. Don't allow what is meant to build you for tomorrow break you today. The today's trouble may be building you for something God has for you tomorrow. I think people see the word of, um, of trouble as something bad too when the waters were troubled if you read it that way and you in your walking in negativity you can see that as something bad but instead the trouble was a place of provision yeah. it was a, pr a place of healing it was a place of absolute provision of the lord mm -hmm. 
And so no matter where we are, we've got to look at it and go, wait a minute, instead of seeing it as the bad. Right. There may be bad. Yeah. I know there's bad. Yeah. But wait a minute, this is a new place of provision. <coughs> this yeah. is a place of my healing instead. Yeah. Something in me needed to be fixed and healed. Yeah. And so God's using that to do this. And embrace what God is doing mm -hmm. in that moment. Because uh, God is moving always, mm -hmm. always in our life. No matter what attack we may be under from the enemy, mm -hmm. it, he's always moving. And so there is a, he invites us into a, a new secret place with him, a new place of intimacy and in the midst good. of that trouble. And he's good. He's good he's in it. good. Yes. Yeah. And so he invites us to also recognize another facet of his character and nature uh, in the midst of that situation. Some of the, some of the most uh, powerful revelations I had, I have had in my life, uh, in years past was when I was in the most difficult of situations. I mean, some things that broke my heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, made me cry for a long time and broke my heart uh, that the, the enemy had done that. But I found out that Jesus was the healer of broken hearts. I found out he was a restorer in the midst of that. So I, it's like I learned a new facet mm -hmm. of his nature and character. And there's so many facets in nature to uh, na nature and personality god has a personality you know holy, that even the angels in heaven they open their wings and they say holy holy holy, holy. holy every time they open their wings because they're seeing a new facet of the lord yeah so they've not run out of things to say <laughs> of, of seeing new things in him right. so there's no way we're going to exactly <laughs> it will take us all of eternity to find out about our wonderful mm -hmm. awesome god and we'll never come to the end of him <laughs> Well, let's get back to Matthew chapter 5. So the angel comes down to stir up the water, to trouble the waters. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring the water was made well. Now, verse 5, there was a certain man who had been there with an infirmity 38 years. So I love the word that it says a certain man. Understand there's a multitude of people there, a multitude of people. But this was a specific man, like you and I are specific people. He had been there for 38 years. He'd had a long-standing issue. It was a long-standing problem. He had stared at the answer at the pool for 38 years, but was unable to obtain it. The answer was right there in front of him, right in the midst of his trouble. But Jesus went to him. I think, I think he was the sickest. I think he'd probably been there the longest. He was prob probably in the most impossible of situations. Jesus went straight for him just like he comes for us. Verse 6, Jesus, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Well, that sounds like a really silly question. I mean, it should be obvious that yes, the man wants to be well. He's paralyzed. He's not moving. But Jesus saw his heart Jesus knew he had been there. He knew it had been a long season, a long season of sickness and dryness, unable to get up and walk, unable to move, unable to make a living, unable to have his family life, unable to do anything normal. Out of all the people, Jesus addressed his problem because God is personal. Mm -hmm. He wants a personal, intimate relationship with him. So right now, I believe Jesus is addressing your issue right now, your longstanding problem. I think Jesus sees a certain man, a certain woman right now as we're ministering this word. And Jesus asked him, or, or let me go back. Just, just understand this. You don't go unnoticed. Mm 
Mm-mm. You're never unnoticed by God. Jesus came for this certain man out of all the multitude, and he comes for you and I like that. So he says, do you want to be made whole? So in other words, it's a decision. Mm-hmm. It is a choice that you make. Mm-hmm. It's a resolve, a determined purpose to be well. I think the reason he asked him, and the reason he asked us today, because you need to decide, has your condition and your situation become so a part of you and so familiar and so comfortable that it truly has become who you think you are? Have you accepted it and you are so comfortable that you're not willing to turn loose of it? Mm -hmm. I have been there myself before, feeling sorry for myself. I've heard other people before. It's like they want you to pray for them and and, and be well, but then they continue to talk about Mm -hmm. it, live in it. Mm -hmm. It's like they keep bringing it to life, keep Mm -hmm. bringing it to life by their words, by their actions, uh, because that's what they've accepted and become comfortable in it. So Jesus said, do you want to be made well? You know what else I see? I see that the Lord went after his biggest problem. Yeah. He didn't start with, let's say he was a smoker and he needed to quit smoking or mm-hmm. he didn't start with, start with, Oh, he may have said a few lies or he may have done this or done that or stolen this or stolen that. He didn't worry about all that little minutia stuff. Mm-hmm. He went straight after straight the in. biggest problem. And I think that a lot of people, they think they got to clean up all this other little stuff before God will mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And that's not who he is. He goes straight into the big thing and the rest of it will come out in the wash, so to say, in the troubled water. It'll it'll come out. God will begin to remove all that too. But he goes after our biggest issue. He does because that's the root. (laughs) Right. Remove the root, remove the bad fruit. Mm -hmm. And so he just goes straight in. He goes to the most difficult case. And uh, do you Mm -hmm. want to be made well? Mm -hmm. Because if in your mind... You keep believing it and you, you're, you're kind of stroking that thing and petting that thing and, and it's become who you are and, and it, you're carrying that pity. You know, let's be real. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we like the pity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we want to have that pity party. We want everybody to join us. You want people to agree with your side. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When Jesus is saying, hey, do you want to get well? Mm-hmm. I mean, he just direct. Do you, there's the truth. The truth mm-hmm. of it is, do you want to be made well and whole? And that word means arise. It means, do you want to arise? Do you want to come up out of that? It means to become. Do you want to become well? Do you want to take hold of the process of what you need to do to become well? Or do you want to justify your sickness? (laughs) Yeah. And and just pet it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's my friend. It's my friend. This sickness is my friend. This offense that I have against somebody, they, they hurt me. They made me mad. They did me wrong. It's, it's my friend now, and I'm going to pet it, and I want everybody to feel sorry for me. It's a familiar spirit. Oh, come on now. Yeah, you're preaching. <laughs> it's a familiar spirit. That is so true because it's familiar to you, it's right? familiar. Yeah. It, it, you're, you know it so well. You know that word comes from the word family? Sometimes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Because that's where the it's devil... It's like being part of the Adams family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why do we, Help us, Jesus. Why do we want to be familiar with the things that are hurting us? Yeah. Why do we want to do that? Yeah. Why do we want to pet those things instead of going, wait a minute, I don't like this. Yeah. I'm going to get free. Yeah. Lord, what do I do? We, but it's familiar. Yeah. You know it. You're scared of the unknown. Right. Even if, it, even if people say it's better. Right. That's it. Exactly it. Because you're comfortable with it. Right. It, it, and 
And you know how to live with that, even though you're not really living very well. You know how to survive and make it through every day with that, you know. I can give a really good illustration of that. My daughter had to have a bunch of surgeries on her foot, and we had to give her blood thinners a shot. Mm -hmm. And we kept telling her, she kept insisting that we give her this shot in the back of her arm. And it was the most pa- painful place you can get this particular shot. They kept, we kept telling her over and over, if you let us give it to you in your stomach, it won't hurt. Yeah. But this place hurt so bad that even when she realized what time it was in the evening and she would sense her father moving around in the house to go get the, the needle and give her the shot, and she would start crying before she happened. Ever, ever, oh. ever happened because she knew how bad it was going to hurt. But the fear of, uh, of not knowing what it was going to feel like in her stomach drove her to stay with the place that hurt so bad. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So we could, we could have a much better experience. Or we could have this horrible pain, but she's stuck with the pain. Mm. So that's how we do with our situations (laughs) and our circumstances. But God says, I have a better way. Hello. Yeah. Come on, baby. Let me show you my better way. And while I'm doing it, I'm loving you and I'm smiling over you. And I'm, I'm, I I have only good thoughts towards you. Exactly. That's a, that's a good (laughs) illustration. And the shot was necessary for her healing. Right. You know, she had to have the shot. She had to have the shot Mm -hmm. uh, to get better. Right. But yeah, but that, there was a better way to take <laughs> your shot. Way to take, you know, that's a message, right? right. There's a better way to take your shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. Well, Jesus asking, "Do you want to be made well?" Jesus is asking you today. He's asking me today. Wherever you're sick at, whether it's mentally, physically, financially, relationship, do you want to be made well? It's a choice. Do you want to? The word means arise. Say yes. <laughs> you say, say yes. yes. Be smart. Say yes. <laughs> say yes. Say yes. Do you want to become well? Do you want it to come to pass? Do you? It also means to be, uh, to be made, to be finished. Do you want to be completely well? Sometimes we, you know, some maybe we've got a, a bottle of uh, antibiotics. About the third day, we start to feel better from our uh, infection uh, that we've got. We, wanted, we don't want to take the whole mm. 10 days worth so it won't, you know, come back. We want to stop. But he wants to finish the work. He wants the work to be completely finished. Do you want to arise? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be completely well? It's Do you want to embrace the process? Uh-oh. We, they, we don't like that. Mm. And, then we, and we also, we come up with some excuses. So verse 7, verse 7 of uh, Matthew chapter 5. The sick man answered him. Now listen to this. <laughs> Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Well, Hello, I'm standing right here. Right, right. <laughs> I'm your man. I'm your man. I'm, I am healing. But I would think, you know, to me, I would have been like searching for somebody. I'd have been screaming and yelling, hey, anybody, if you can get me in the water first. I mean, if I've been there for 38 years. Uh, I when I get back on my feet and I get a job, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to do something. I mean, I think I'd have been trying to figure out a way to get in there. (laughs) You know, somehow get me into that water. But here's the thing. He said, sir, let's look at this phrase. Verse 7, sir, I have no man. That's excuse number one. Mm -hmm. That's stronghold. It's a pattern of thinking that keeps you in a stronghold. That's lie number one. Let me tell you what. 
Don't be going around saying, I have no man. Because a man, a woman, a job cannot fix what is wrong in your life. Only Jesus. Mm -hmm. They can't heal the sick. They can't heal the hurt. They can't fill the void. They can't remove the pain. They can't cure the disease. They can't break the bondages and addictions. You don't need a man or a woman to do that. In fact, whenever you put that on them, it is a burden that they cannot bear. And they will disappoint you because they're human, just like you and I are. A person can't nourish you. Uh, the dry, withered places of your life, they can't make you happy. Don't put that responsibility on you. Uh, learn to draw upon Jesus. Lean into him. Lean into his word and his precious Holy Spirit. So, so lie number one, excuse number one, sir, I have no ma'am. The next phrase is to put me in the pool. Excuse stronghold and lie number two. See, the way you think it has to happen may not be the way God wants to do it. The way it's always happened in the past may not be how he's going to do it. Today is a new day, a new season. He doesn't have to provide for you the way he did in the past. He doesn't have to heal you the way he did in the past. He doesn't have to deliver you the way he's always done it. See, he was saying, I have to have somebody put me in this pool for me to be well. Well, Jesus had a whole different thought. Jesus had a whole different plan for this man. So excuse stronghold lie number two. I, it's I, number one was I have no man. Number two, to put me in the pool. Listen, be open to God's direction today. Mm -hmm. Be open to what the Holy Spirit is telling you today. He will lead you. He will, he will talk to you. He will speak to you. He will, he will go before you and make the crooked places straight. He knows what you need. He knows who you are, how you are. He knows what, what makes you tick and mm -hmm. he will bring you forth. But don't always say what well, was always done this way. Some churches, they're, they're doing the same songs that was done a hundred years ago. Now, not that that isn't bad necessarily, but maybe God wants to throw in some new stuff too. You know, uh, maybe God wants to speak to them in a different way, speak to you and I in a different way. So don't count out what God may be doing to you and for you and with you today because of what's happened in the past. Don't have a uh, religious mindset or a stronghold that says, if it's not done this certain way, if, if there isn't a man that come and picks me up and puts me into this pool, I'm not going to be healed. Huh. Stand by and watch God. Excuse stronghold lie number two. So the first one is, I have no man to put me, I have no man two to put me in the pool. Three, when the water is troubled. See, we're waiting for all conditions to be right Perfect. in this situation. Mm -hmm. We think it has to be these conditions and situations for God to move. No, it doesn't. God, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. So you don't have to have a man to put you in the pool when the water is troubled. See, God may want you to do something absolutely brand new, start a new season in your life. Now, he may do it the old way, but don't pigeonhole, don't, don't put don't him, put in, him a in a box. Don't put <laughs> him in a box and say, this is the way you have to move, God, or I'm just not going to get healed. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to budge. No, don't do that. He's, he's alive and he's moving and God is creative and he has creative solutions and creative ways. Ooh, we're moving on here. There is and one more excuse. So, Excuse one, sir, I have no man. Excuse two, to put me in the pool. Excuse three, when the water is stirred. Excuse number uh, four is because another one steps down before me. Hmm. Another one steps down before me into the pool while let I am coming. You let somebody steal your blessing? Right. <laughs> Say that again. You let somebody steal your blessing. Right. Yeah. You put it on them. Mm -hmm. You made it their fault, not yeah. yours. <laughs> Whenever it's your 
place spiritually mm-hmm. and physically to get in the pool mm-hmm. or, you know, to reach out to God to drink from the pool. So, in other words, he's saying another person steps down every year for 38 years. Somebody else steps down to the pool first, and whoever gets in the pool first gets healed. So he says, here's the lie. It'll never change. I'm always going to be this way. It's impossible. I might as well give up. Nothing is ever going to change in my life. I'm never going to change. You won't if that's how you talk. Yeah, right. Our spouse is never (laughs) going to change. Our children are never going to change. Our finances are never going to change. Our family is never going to change. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. God is the God of the impossible. Don't believe that lie. So he's saying all this, you know, somebody else steps down before me, while all the while the healer himself is standing right before him. The one that the water symbolized, which was Jesus, (laughs) the living water, the one who's, if you drink from him, you'll never thirst again. The one who had the power to heal, who was healing himself, Jehovah Rapha, was standing right there talking to this man. And he's saying, I don't have a man to put me in the pool when the waters are troubled. And, and here Jesus is saying, and they're going, well, I am the source of the healing. I am the healing. I am the healer. And I'm standing before you. Now, listen, I want you to catch this as we are winding down here. How easily this man could have missed his miracle. Mm-hmm. How easily he could have missed his appointed day of healing and deliverance by staying connected to the past failures, disappointments, lies, conditions, the way God has already, he's the only way he's ever seen God move the way his life has been for 38 years, he could have missed his appointed, anointed day of miracles, signs, and wonders. And just let me throw out here, God wants miracles, signs, and wonders back in the church. Mm-hmm. God wants miracles, signs, and wonders back in the body of Christ and we that we take it out to the world, that we take it outside of the walls. We carry Jehovah Rapha with showcase us. Showcase him. Yes, showcase him. We carry Jehovah Rapha. Mm-hmm. You know, next weekend, I, we're going to be flying to Dalton, Georgia, to Faith Life Center. And I'm going to be ministering Sunday morning and Sunday night. And they wanted me to minister on healing. And so I'm going to be, while this program is airing, speaking in Georgia. Yeah, I will be speaking and it'll be airing on our three new stations and, and here on Sunday morning at KERV, I'm going to be preaching on healing. I did a five part series on healing. By the way, you can go to our website and order that. It's a five part series on healing. Uh, that you you need to get. There's a lot of things that I couldn't get to, and it walks you through step through step and the things that hold you back from healing and the different principles. Uh, but I'm going to be ministering on healing. And you know what? I believe in miracles. I believe and I have faith that God can set the captives free and heal the sick and save and deliver. So this man lying here paralyzed could have laid there till he died. Till his last breath, lying there, looking at the water, hoping, wishing that something different would happen in his life. But Jesus walked straight up to this man, this specific man that had been there. I think he was the one of the... On his platform. Yeah, the one that... And he had been lying there on that platform for 38 years with a long-standing condition and problem. And Jesus went straight to him. He spoke to him, do you want to be made well? He didn't say, hi, how are you doing today? What's the issue? What's the problem? Uh, how's your family? Yeah, and he knew yeah. the problem. He said, do you want to be made well? That, that was the first thing he spoke to him. Do you want to be made well? It was his decision, his choice. Now, as we're winding down here, 
He said, in verse 8, Jesus said to him, this is the second thing he said, rise, take up your bed, and walk. That's all he had to do. There were the conditions. The condition was, while he was still sick, to rise. Because in the doing of the command, in the doing of the direction comes the healing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. In the doing of the command brings the deliverance. He didn't have to lay there and wait for a man to put him in the water when it was troubled. He didn't have to wait for those, all those conditions and a person. It, his help and hope was not in a man. It was in Jesus Christ, Jehovah Rapha, standing right before him. Jesus says, here's the crux of the matter. Do you want to be made well? Now, understand the man didn't ever say out loud, yes. He gave him the excuses. So Jesus counters with, this is what you need to do if you want to be made well. Rise up. Take your bed and walk. Oh, I love that. And he did. Get up. And he did. Rise up. Take up your bed and walk. Do what he tells you to do. Verse 9. Immediately, he was made well. Immediately. Immediately. God does life-changing events, and he can do it immediately. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things are a process. I know that. But listen, don't count out the suddenlies of God, mm -hmm. the moving of God in miraculous power. The man immediately was made well in verse 9, took up his bed, and walked. He didn't he, even verbalize it at first, but he got in agreement by obedience. He did. He did. He got into agreement. He knew that God was that that was Jesus. I think something in his spirit jumped. Mm -hmm. I think something in his spirit uh, responded to when Jesus spoke. There's something about the word of God. Mm -hmm. There's something about the power in the name of Jesus. There's something about when Jesus speaks to you that will cause you, if you will allow it to arise, stand up, get up, move, get up from your situation, get up from your paralyzed position and you rise up you walk, and in the rising, in the doing, is the healing, is the deliverance, is the salvation. I can't emphasize that enough, that in all of that, it's exactly what you need. It's in the doing. See, Jesus is a healer. He's a deliverer. The power is in Christ, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. And as we rise up. I know I'm saying this. There are several people that I believe are listening that need that rise up message that need that. Come on, get into agreement with what God says, get into your divine identity, which is you were healed. You were delivered. You are set free. You are loved of God, that God has a good plan for you and that you can get up from being paralyzed, immovable, uh, shut down. You can get up and you can move forward and you can have abundant life. Cause Jesus said he came to set the captives free. See, the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy from you, but Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. He doesn't want you sick, broken, disgusted. He wants you healed. He wants you prospered, and he wants you encouraged. And so today, I say it to you, just like in, in the authority of Jesus, I say, rise up. I say to you, rise, take up your bed and walk. In those words, the bed, that where when you get your bed and take it up, you're taking away the very thing you were lying on. It's no longer an option. You can't go back. You got your bed. You're moving and you are changing. You're not going back to that position. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, listen, it's been so good to have you today. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next week.